Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. Of Kings and Prophets. The OG Testament, y'all. Samuel. David and the guy who was big. Goliath. Sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancelled Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everyone calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I'm a film critic for various venues. And uh, I am the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. For From whence we hail. Uh, and hey, everybody, it's our special Christmas episode mm. of Cancelled Too Soon. If you recall, for Halloween, uh, we spent the entire month doing horror-themed television series. There aren't a lot of Christmas-themed uh, television series. And, and we maybe we could have done some more like Christmas specials, but honestly, there's so many to choose from, unlike Halloween. It seemed like kind of a cheap shot. So for Christmas, fortunately... Or unfortunately for the makers of the show, I guess. Uh, we do have a program that aired in 2016 mm. for only two episodes. It was a really ambitious production, but it got canceled real, real fast. It's called Of Kings and Prophets, and it aired on ABC from March 8th, my birthday, 2016, to March 15th. The following, the following week. <laughs> and yeah. that was it. Now, uh, nine episodes were actually completed. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, all nine did air in New Zealand and Australia. However, yeah. we're here in, in America. We don't have access to those yet. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. word as to whether or not those are going to show up on home video. It's likely they might someday. Yeah. They spend enough money on this. I imagine they're going to want to make it back somehow. Yeah. So, so if they ever come out with the full series of Kings and Prophets, we'll come back to we'll, it. We'll we can, we can come back and do another episode. But yeah. uh, to our uh, listeners in New Zealand and Australia. We apologize. We only have two episodes under our belt. This actually might be about. kind of weird yeah. because you're way ahead of us. But in America, this is all we got. This was a really heavily promoted program. This is a very expensive production, and it looks it. It's a well, this, big, expensive historical series set in the time of the Old Testament and the time of there, King Saul and eventually mm, King David. There's uh, uh, and it follows a kind of recent tradition in a lot of uh, sort of epic film or TV making. Uh, mm. There's been shows about pirates and Vikings and mm-hmm. Games of Thrones and and, <laughs> and Rome and you know these sort of only ge- one of those actually isn't based on actual history it's well, more it, fantasy but it, it has but that vibe it, it's it's a period piece nonetheless and sure. uh, there's yeah this sort well. of Game of Thrones has been such a runaway hit that a lot of other networks are starting to take chances on these big historical dramas. Uh, Black Sails, I think, is mm-hmm. I think it broke some sort of records in terms of cost. Maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Netflix the, just canceled their Marco Polo, and I, I don't mm-hmm. have the number in front of me, but I saw how much money they lost on it, and it was obscene. Yeah, it's like it's, it's uh, ridiculous well, how much they were spending on it. It's it, they're they're taking these high risk shows, and uh, ABC mainstream network. Network uh, yeah. just decided to give that a shot over there. Not not yeah. not uh, cable, so they can't yeah. get away quite with um, the sex and violence with some of these other shows. Well, but, and yet because and, uh, uh, Kings and Prophets is actually a very violent series, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of sex in it. And what I think is really fascinating is that when we think about uh, biblical cinema, or especially Christian cinema, which isn't specifically 
uh, of this, Kings and Prophets because it's Old Testament. Yeah, this, but this isn't this isn't Christian cinema. This is uh, none of the, Jew, Jewish cinema. If well, anything, none of the characters uh, are Christian, but this is part of the Bible that the Christians yeah. read. So this this was obviously mm. designed to appeal to them as well. When you think about uh, that sort of cinema today, you mm. tend to think about very small scale, reassuring mm. the, the, uh, the evangelical uh, market, very yeah. evangelical, but. The history of biblical cinema is tawdry as hell. Oh, yes. Because back when uh, we had the production code, uh, and if you don't know about the production code, it's a, it's a thing that it's, happened it's in what, cinema in the It's 1930s. essentially what, what we had before the rating, the MPAA yeah. rating system. Yeah. When we started with making putting out movies, it was, you know, you could pretty much just make whatever you wanted. And a lot of early films, when you look at some of the Tarzan movies, they have actual nudity in them. Mm. Um, and we don't think about that when we think about black and white films in the 1920s and 30s. Mm. And then they because started. Because of the Hayes Code. And then people started getting nervous. Oh, what about the children? Uh, and so Hollywood, in an attempt to stave off the government coming in and telling them what they could and couldn't do decided to impose a system of self-censorship called the Hayes Code or the Production Code. And some of the rules were pretty obvious. You can't swear. Mm. Okay. There's no nudity. Okay. Violence has to be somewhat kept to a minimum. Uh, okay. <laughs> but then it started, there was all this stuff about like, there can't be an amoral ending. If someone commits a crime, somebody had to be punished at the end. Yeah, and he yeah. started realizing just how oppressive um, the structure now, that the, great filmmakers had to deal with. And it's amazing we got good movies at all, really, well, if you think about it. Because great stories can still be told within those strictures, but yeah, it did really limit a lot of what, what was coming out at the time. And yeah. Biblical you can, you can, cinema, on the other hand, you can see that a lot of a lot was breaking down at the end. Mm-hmm. Bef- oh, yeah. and, and there's there's even this little glory period uh, when the Hayes Code nobody really cared anymore. Mm-hmm. But before the the earnest rise of the MPAA rating system, yeah, back when there was weird. still like a GP rating, yeah, it was, uh, it was where, where yeah, there was there was a lot of exploration going on. But mm. you got a lot of slack. If it was a biblical story. Why? Well, because it's biblical. Of course it's great. Problem is, or the good thing is, depending on how you look at it, the Bible is full of sex <laughs> and violence, like horrifying violence. Yeah, it's, it's, like you can get away with a lot. The, the Old Testament is a, 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 is a history book. It's a, a story of... Uh, it's largely largely about uh, what the, what they call the covenant uh, with, <laughs> with the, the good sweet Lord. Um and the book of Samuel, on which this is based, uh, comes from that sort of Deuteron I can't even pronounce it. Deuteronomous. Deuteronomic history. Oh, uh, Deuteronomy was the guy. Yeah. And, I don't know uh, how you turn it into an adjective. De- de- on me. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> The du- the is dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's the dudinator. If you're it not was feeling specifically great about sort of the the way history and the covenant with God uh, mm-hmm. sort of came into be. Yeah, um, uh, the this series. Mm-hmm. I just think, I think it's interesting that it's in that tradition mm-hmm. of debauched biblical storytelling. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's cool. Uh, th- this series uh, focuses less on the covenant and more sort of on the politics of what was going on at the time, or at least it it's was taking, in the first two episodes. Maybe it would have well, gotten there. Maybe so, but uh, th- this film is cl- or film. See, this series. Series, yeah. series. Sorry, I'm a film critic. Uh, this series <laughs> uh, is taking its cues directly from Game of Thrones. However, in terms oh, of yeah. its aesthetic, in terms of its pacing, in terms of its violence, in terms of its casting, it's, like you've got Ray Winston 
Winstone mm. uh, here. As, he plays as Saul. Yeah, Ray King. Winstone. You know Ray Winstone. Uh, he he was in other biblical. He was in Noah. He was in Beowulf. Mm. Uh, he was in Sexy Beast, which isn't biblical but is great. <laughs> uh, and uh, he's he's well, the big get. Mm. There's a couple other recognizable actors in this series, but most of them are pretty pretty green. Yeah. Ray Winstone is the big he's the eye catching star, but he's playing King Saul. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know he's not going to be around forever. Mm. So he's like, and that's a thing that they well, started so, doing on so, Game of Thrones and other HBO yeah. shows where there's that one obviously mm. like glamorous star who you put on all the posters and you realize, yeah, you didn't get him for more than a mm. season or two, did you? Yeah, we're going to, Ray Winston's not going to be with us terribly long. We don't get to that point. But mm. yeah, if you know anything about the Bible, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be on the but, whole uh, series. He's not going to, you're not going to get eight seasons out of Ray Winstone. Yeah. yeah no. Um, well, plus it, it chugs along through. We only saw two episodes, and it chunks through a lot. I'm uh, impressed, actually. I, I so, actually thought it was paced like a mini series. I thought this thing would have been done in four episodes if yeah, you yeah. wanted it to be. Um, so the plot of it uh, is, the, is, the, is is the Book of Samuel. But in case you don't know what that is, the, the um, Israelites are at war with the Philistines, mm-hmm, who have just um, terrible taste. <laughs> the Philistines. <laughs> this is like yeah. the, the historical people, the Philistines, not yeah. Philistines. But yeah. uh, King Saul, played by Ray Winstone, mm. he wants to uh, ally all of the tribes of Israel mm. uh, and then to go to war with the Philistines. Uh, but before he can do that, uh, the prophet Samuel says, uh, yeah, but before you do that, you, you have got, to kill you all the Malachites. Guy, yeah. and, and Saul's just like, but they haven't done anything to us. Well, they did stuff to us generations ago. Oh. God's still pissed. Oh. And he's just like, well, I don't want to do that. It's actually kind of interesting that conversation it has between, well, you I, know, I would... pragmatic secularism and the will of God, which may or may not be understandable and may or may not be unnecessarily violent. Well, and and what I, I found interesting, actually, I liked the relationship between Saul and Samuel is, mm-hmm. is the most interesting thing about these two episodes. Damn right. Uh, because... It actually brings sheds to light a lot of the relationship between uh, uh, politics and sort of a state-sponsored religion. And mm-hmm. this was, you know, before separation of church and state. They long, were, they were, they were thousands of years. Before. They were more or less the same thing for a long time. Well, and, you know, uh, Saul is the king, but even he has to take orders from God, so the prophet's mm-hmm. really in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they even talk about that. It's like, and yeah, the prophet so the, wants this. Yeah, but you're king. The, relation, the relationship uh, Saul has with Samuel uh-huh. and the relationship Samuel has with God would all be an interesting sort of essentially three-person dynamic, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, to explore that sort of political doings mm-hmm. within a biblical context. And um, it's also, I think, worth noting that the first episode mm-hmm. plays it a little unclear as to whether we're going to literally incorporate the existence of God. There's yeah, a lot well, of there's a lot of doubt about, you know, like we never actually see the prophet communicating with God. We see no acts of God in particular. So it, it could have its cake and eat it too. By episode two, however, it's incre- it's abundantly clear that mm-hmm. God is 100% real. God in is this a player story, in the story. And yeah. that does indeed color what could have been maybe a little bit more of a nuanced well, conversation. Uh, it, when, when they... When they incorporate God into the story. Now, this is a, a Bible story. Sure. And, you know, do you remember when Wolfgang Peterson made Troy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and it's Great awful. cast, bad movie. And, and it's awful. Yeah. And uh, the problem is if you've read the Iliad, mm-hmm. 
the gods are active players in that war. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, Huge they're, swaths they're, of that book are gods actually are, manipulating the events. Yeah. So well, like, to tell that story on a sort of a ground level of just the humans is going to be a completely different story. It's not the Iliad anymore. It's, yeah. it's just another war story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's a, a sort of a boring history. And, of course, it's a bad movie. I understand the impulse to take a similar approach to an Old Testament story mm-hmm. because people are praying and they are talking to God and they're communicating to go- with God and they're mm-hmm. being influenced by what God is communicating to them that you would want to tell this story with God as a character. Right. Uh, but that flies in the face of the aesthetic and a lot of what they set up in the first, <laughs> the very first episode. Yeah, which is that doubt that is the, justified that in some regards. There's ambiguity to yeah. faith and I think well, that's, that's a really a more healthy way to go about it. And yet, um, I interviewed uh, Robert Eggers who directed a really fantastic horror movie this year uh, called The Witch. Mm. Uh, and The Witch is a story of, uh, of a I love the witch. The witch is fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the witch, see the witch. But the witch is a story about a bunch of uh, uh, pilgrims uh, living on sort of the outskirts of their town because they were they were too they were too Puritan for the other Puritans, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it basically is a story about how this family falls prey to their own sin and also the idea that there may be a witch preying upon them or even within the family. And I interviewed him and I was kind of talking about the idea is does the movie only work as a parable or can it work literally? And the filmmaker said, if you look at history, uh, there wasn't a difference for a long, long time. You know, witchcraft and God, these were not ideas that we could debate. They were active daily participants in our lives. And in fact, indeed, if you read the Old Testament, there are lots of stories about God walking around. And (laughs) just, not Jesus, God, just walking around, having conversations with people, having dinner. Like, the idea (laughs) of... Having dinner. (laughs) Yeah, like, the the idea of of the, the Almighty, the deity, whatever you want to call it, having an active participation in these mm. events that is completely unquestioned and it's just sort of like, God, God's mm. a thing. His God smote us. Like, that's a thing. That's that's an interesting historical mm. aspect that at least this, the series uh, uh, addresses, even though obviously it does take a side and say that's God, mm. um, which may or may not work. Before we move on, I want to talk about the creators of, uh, of Kings and Prophets. Uh, this show was created by Adam Cooper and Bill Collage. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, They have an unusual career as screenwriters because they've done kind of three different kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. Um, They wrote the comedies Accepted and Tower Heist, one of which is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like crappy Brett Ratner flick. Uh, They also did uh, stuff like The Transporter Refueled. Oh, geez. As in, like, the second worst transporter. Uh, The sci-fi sequel Allegiant. Oh, and no. and uh, weirdly enough, Assassin's Creed, which just came oh, which, out. Oh, gee. So these are like Hollywood crap masters. Well, I didn't see Assassin's Creed or Allegiant. But, I saw uh, Allegiant. It's the crap. Other, <laughs> the, other, the other thing they did, and I think it's pretty clear that this is where the through line, this is mm. how you get of, of Kings and Prophets made. They also wrote Exodus. Gods and Kings. Okay. This the, is the, the Ridley Scott the film, Ridley which, Scott which is movie. also not very good. No, it's a handsome production, and it's mm. got a good cast, but it's got a good cast of people who are completely miscast. Mm-hmm. 
unlike of Gods and Kings, which is just wall-to-wall white people, this does actually feel like a, a little bit more culturally appropriate to the uh, to well, the, uh, the actual region and the time period. All, Ray all Winstone of, aside. All, well, all of the Brits notwithstanding. Yeah. Um, for some reason, British is still just our sort of go-to all yeah. nationalities. All history. All history. You go back far enough, well, everyone's British. Why, why are the Romans all British? Why is everybody yeah. in the Bible all British? Why do they have British names? Why are there people mm. named Mark and Samuel in ancient Judea? Well, I think it's because it's there were people named... But yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it's, it's his I name. I think also British people were named after those those guys. Well, it's it, it's just, it's a, an anglicization of a lot of these old names. That's his, true. his name wasn't Samuel; it was Shmuel, but uh, yeah. it became Samuel. Uh, it's just like his name wasn't Jesus. That's that's a Roman word. Yeah, it was actually Joshua, right? It, 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 Yeshua yeah. or, or Joshua in, in yeah. modern parlance. Uh, but yeah, it. it uh, there are at least some people of color mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of lurking around the edges. Yeah, I'm not saying to give it a little bit more authenticity. I'm not saying it's perfectly cast. It's better cast than of gods than of uh, of gods, uh, yeah, and, well, gods and kings. Who does Christian Bale as Moses? Thank you, <laughs> Jesus. John Turturro as the Pharaoh. What? <laughs> okay, so a, a, that's a, odd. A, a Brooklyn Jew is going to play the, the good jo- or excuse right. me, a Brooklyn Italian. He's yeah, not Jewish. That's, that's uh, odd. That's, good. A, that's an unusual choice. Let's yeah, go with good, that. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I wish uh, that they had bothered to cast people of color throughout. Wouldn't I that know. have been nice? Uh, but no, we have Ray Winstone. Was his voice distorted? Was he doing a voice? He just sounds like or that Or does he sound like that He's now? got this incredible gravelly, you know, kind of Dave White kind of voice. <laughs> it's very evocative. It makes mm. it, everything he says sound really important. It's like, he just sound like, ah, I talk like this all the And this isn't how Dave White mm. talks. It's not even how Ray Winstone talks. I suck. But it's <laughs> just like, it's just, he just sounds... Mm. Like he's just everything he's saying is going through this beautiful thresher. Like it's just, it's so oh, cool. I hate, I hate you talk to the good lord. You, like yeah. it sounds cool. Like everything he does, he is such a get mm. on this show, and not just because you know he lends credibility to it, because he's a really good actor and he can really sell mm. these big scenes, these big emotions, these these huge plot points. There's this cool bit. Um, okay, so the first episode. Uh, we meet Saul. We see his difficulties, and, well, and we haven't even talked about David. Oh, yeah, we talked about David. David. We'll talk more about Saul. Does something really, really interesting at the end of the second episode. We'll get to that. Let's actually talk about the plot of the show. So, in the first episode, we see it's basically it's a two hander. It's Saul, David. Everyone else is a supporting player. Mm. Saul, we see he's trying to uh, ally, unite all the tribes of Israel. Mm. He's at war with the Philistines. He's got to slaughter the Malachites. There's more to that, but we'll get to that in a minute. Then there's David, who, as we see at the beginning, uh, you know, there's a bit of an opening text crawl. Not much. Pretty classy, oh. actually. They, they, <laughs> they, obviously, they could have done the whole damn Bible. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's basically Saul, king of the king of everything, and he's killing everybody. Little does he know that his greatest threat uh, is is a shepherd. Yeah. And then it cuts to David, like, in a field. Mm. And it's actually like, oh, that's pretty good. That's a good setup. Let's, let's see how that's going to work. David, dash handsome white British man. Mm-hmm. Played by an actor named Ollie Ricks, who's, who is, <laughs> but, stars in a series called... Which sound, co- sound, it sounds like 
Doesn't that sound that, fake? That's the name he would have chosen if he's in a band. You know? Yeah, that sounds like, yeah. Uh, Ollie Ricks is the bassist for Judas Priest. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> he's, he's, he co-stars in a series called WPC 56, uh, which is about the first woman constable at a precinct in the 1950s, which actually sounds really interesting, and I kind of want to see it. Interesting thing about Ollie Ricks, when you click on his name on Wikipedia, it just takes you straight back to the Of Kings and Prophets page. <laughs> that's all he's got. Most of the actors, uh, mm. most of the young actors, haven't done a lot, yeah. uh, aside from Of Kings and Prophets, which is kind of cool um so we see that he has a dream about a lion eating all of his sheep and then he wakes up and it turns out a lion is eating all of his sheep and at first i'm just like and he slept through it what a crappy shepherd what the hell <laughs> i had a horrible dream and, and then i woke through. up and then yeah. i'm like oh wait what what it's a terrible <laughs> message from god what the <laughs> it's, hell? Like a, it's like no country for wake up wake right. up someone's eating all your sheep i had these two dreams and then i woke up <clears throat> so it turns out that he uh it, it, that's actually really big deal because he can't afford to pay his taxes because he can't afford to sell his flock. Um, he has no flock to sell. He cannot yeah. pay the levy and yeah. he uh, will be punished by the government because yeah. he can't pay the taxes. He's going to be flogged within an inch of his life and so he makes a deal which is, I'll kill the lion and if I kill the lion, uh, you'll forgive all my taxes. And I'm like, no, I think I'd still want all the taxes. Someone's got to kill that lion. Like, I don't quite buy the bargain he, well, he makes, he, but... Hi, hire me as your exterminator, essentially. Uh, and instead of paying me, you just, my taxes are, are wiped. And it's kind of cool. He goes out with, like, his best friend, and they, like, they're carrying a sheep with them as bait, and we see him, like, practicing with his sling, and he's a total badass with that thing. I wonder if that'll be important later. Uh, <laughs> Especially when Goliath shows up, like, right away. First episode, yeah. we got Goliath, so like, ooh, foreshadowing. Um, and there's a cool bit where he like fights the lion. I mean, it's mostly off camera, but it's done with like really moody. It's really mm. dramatic. It's not bad. Uh, I, I I take exception just to the the general photography. I don't like oh, the yeah. way a lot of uh, sort of historical epics are being shot in sort of just these really bland color palettes. Mm -hmm. Th there was color at the time. You know, <laughs> people did have wear different shades than, you know, beige and brown and mud. I know. It, this is just what's popular now. <laughs> yeah. Some some other movie will come along I, and make I, everything feel different. I think 300 may have gotten the ball rolling <coughs> and then, you know... Dude, you, Game of Thrones is full of color. I don't understand why they couldn't follow that. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it's... Because a lot of it is digital, they have to sort of, mm. the only way they can make a convincing sort of like background or sky mm. or cityscape in CGI mm -hmm. is to kind of flatten out the colors a little bit. Well, it's also, and it's then also they have expedience. to make everything match that. So, it's also expedience. You know, well, when you're trying so. to create a complex production design, when you're trying to do complex uh, mm. uh, color scheming and you're digitally correcting every single shot, it's easier to try to keep everything around a sort of a neutral tone. You pick yeah. the tone, you keep everything around there than it is to constantly check every single single frame to make sure that the reds are right or the yellows are right or the greens are right um, and at least they do it consistently enough that it's an aesthetic but you're right it's an aesthetic that's getting a little tiresome mm -hmm. um, but it looks okay it's certainly a oh, big I looking suppose. show it's certainly an expensive looking show and it feels big mm. feels the way it should it shouldn't feel this show shouldn't feel cheap well when, when you're especially when you're going for the, mm -hmm. the Old Testament you don't do yeah. the Old Testament small why would you <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, there's stuff you could do biggest, that's kind of oldest, small but like most important book in western civilization yeah, yeah do, do it big so uh, David kills that lion and so mm. they decide to hire him at the palace uh, as their loot player, which I'm just like, I don't understand how those things are related, but okay. Um, and uh, he's also uh, winning the affections of one of the princesses. 
who thinks he's dash handsome. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, very very minxy princesses. Meanwhile, that princess's uh, older sister mm-hmm. uh, is engaged to be married to a wealthy merchant uh, at, uh, at the behest of her father. Yes, but turns out they actually love each other. It's yeah. kind of like everyone they 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 giggle because they're getting away with something. Like ha ha ha, we actually think each other are great. Um, and <laughs> the king Saul enlists her future husband uh, to try to trick the Philistines into selling uh, Saul you know by proxy mm. uh their superior weaponry uh and the philistines see through that immediately and kill the fuck out of him and it's bad and it, it, it's uh, that that's where it started to feel and I, I haven't watched game of thrones but i know just sort of the propensity toward death that it has mm. and uh, when they killed him it's like oh it's gonna be one of these shows where all the characters are kind of expendable yeah well it feels like a big reversal a big twist yeah. and it turns out that the reason that they knew is because saul's favorite concubine is actually working with the philistines and, and that's dead. that's revealed at the end of the first episode there's a there's a fair now we watched the amazon the version of the series on amazon prime which Mm. apparently is a little bit more violence and sexuality than there was when it aired on uh, abc ABC, (laughs) which but i'm like i'm watching this and i'm just like that's a lot of sex Mm. there's some real nudity here like it's not like you know full frontal but there's some actual nudity here there's actual thrusting here there's a scene where they're in a bar or a brothel and they're just sort of panning over the crowd scene and you see a guy just like shove a woman down and he's about to like have sex with her from behind and I'm like whoa that's pretty (laughs) hardcore for ABC that's pretty big deal well that's wow I, I would be shocked by it if it didn't feel so derivative. Mm. Uh, I mean, they're clearly trying to be HBO. They are imitating mm. Game of Thrones so hard on this show. On the show, <laughs> again, I haven't seen the show, but I'm, I'm I've, no, you're, I'm, you're I'm not, I've seen it. You're not wrong. It's in the culture enough that I, no, I kind of know it. So uh, this is totally the network version of Game of Thrones. You know, so they're it's totally it's the network version of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So they're trying to violence it up. They're trying to sex yeah. it up and. Uh, I suppose that's a fine approach. Um, why, fine. why not take biblical material and just sort of dirty it up and make it kind of hip and fun? Well, it's kind of um, what Darren Aronofsky did with Noah. Now, he took huge liberties with the text. Yeah. That pissed a lot of, you know, sort of serious religious types off. And I get it, but I think that movie is great, so I don't really I, care. I, I like, love Noah. Noah's But, terrific. like, it yeah. has a similar kind of grimy... Uh, epic mm. aesthetic, yeah. although it's way well, better looking than this. Aronofsky had this weird, almost like surreality to a lot mm. of the proceedings. Well, and... it's more surreal story. Like, yeah, the story is hard so to take literally. Gi- so. Giant rock monsters and fallen angels and what have you. But <laughs> the rock monsters, Jesus, it, isn't it great? Isn't it so <laughs> great? Darren so Aronofsky silly. knows what to do with the Old Testament. I tell you, <laughs> add rock monsters. Add rock monsters. Yeah. No, it's it's it, from yeah. from the text, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, the Philistines, mm-hmm. let's get back on the, the oh, yes. plot a bit. Sorry. The Philistines are, you know, obviously they're scheming. They want to destroy uh, uh, Saul and his people. They're uh, planning. They've got, like, people turning against him that are going to, like, turn on his army in the middle of a battle. Oh, man. Uh, Goliath, who's just this big, epic beard guy. Um, he, he's uh, 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 there's a cool bit where he's praying. He, to, he reminds me of uh, uh yeah. the the guy that Snake Plissken had to fight and in, in exactly from what he looks York. like. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the actor's name is Garth Collins, who has also appeared on the show Black Sails. Um, and he's just this huge guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know he's you know he's gonna fight David eventually. We never get to that in the series, but you know it's gonna happen. It's gonna <laughs> probably probably not gonna go too well for Goliath. Uh, and um, especially not David with that like awesome sling skills oh he's been God. showing off like a superhero. Oh. Holy shit, he's like a sniper with that thing. Um, he explodes a rock. 
Like he, he's showing off. Seriously, he's showing off with his sling. He puts the rock in the sling, swings it around, hurls it with such force that like a little hillock just explodes into sand. Well, it's hard to sell a sling as a deadly instrument. You really want to push it. I, mean, they, they over, I think they overdid it slightly. Maybe. Um, can't, can't they just like his accuracy? Like, hey, I knocked no. a bird out of the tree from like 50 feet away. That's there's impressive. A, there's a nice bit of attention to detail. And it's also something that I just think genre enthusiasts will uh, appreciate and think is neat. Where, uh, you know, the Philistines, they don't believe. They're not Jewish. They mm. don't believe in that God. Mm. They're actually uh, seen worshiping uh, Dagon. <laughs> who, is, who is a deity that a lot of people think H.P. Lovecraft made up mm. for his uh, Cthulhu mythos. It's a sort of fish god mm. that the people of Innsmouth worship. That's an actual <laughs> the, pagan deity yeah, yeah. Uh, that people really believed. In. I guess people might still, but like, you know, they, they, that was a real thing. There, 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 when, was, there were more, more Dagon worshippers back when, in the day. But. When you look at the actual uh, Ten Commandments, uh, the one about graven images specifically says you can't try anything under the sea. Mm. It was because they were trying to wipe out Dagon. Ah. That's that's I, I took a history class. Like that was actually. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know like, that. Yeah. yeah, like that was the the reason they're really specific about it because it seems weird. Like I can't draw a fish without going to hell. What? <laughs> it's because people were worshiping Dagon and they were trying to like get it out of the way. They were trying mm. to discourage people from worshiping Dagon. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so that's going on. Uh, and then in the second episode, um, things are moving at a huge clip. So the prophet uh, Samuel and uh, Saul mm. have a huge falling out. Uh, Saul, like, you know. It, it, happened, it happened way too fast. Probably uh, could have been built a little longer. Yeah. Like, like the, I think they were trying to make a really punchy pilot. Well, I, I understand that. But I, like I said, I think the relationship between those two is something that could have made a great series unto itself. And yeah. they're, they're already throwing in way too much drama. Yeah. So uh, Saul kind of wants to backpedal a bit on killing all the Malachites. Samuel mm-hmm. kills Mal- the last Malachite himself in front of everybody. Everybody says, yay, prophet doing great mm. but the king is like Meh. so uh saul like denounces the prophet the prophet says you god will take you off of your throne mm. and in the second episode everyone's just like yeah we don't want to actually be associated with you god's gonna take you off the throne we'll deal with the next guy <laughs> so samuel has a dream in which he dreams about david and we know that he's going to try to find david mm. and anoint him and make him the next king of israel uh and david is kind of enjoying the high life at the castle. He's become Saul's confidant. He's obviously doing very well with one of these princesses. And then towards the second half of the episode, uh, he becomes completely disillusioned really, really fast. And it's actually pretty good drama. Mm. There's, so, like, what happens is... He, it, it, in two it, different ha- ways. it happens real fast, but it's totally, totally believable. Yeah, so he thinks he's been uh, summoned to the princess's chamber for a night of Princess Levin. And it turns out it's actually the queen. And he can't say no, so he has to. Have, and it's not that she's not a beautiful woman. It's just that he's just like, oh, this is going to ruin everything with the princess. One of the princesses sees it. <laughs> it's kind of disillu- It's kind of disillusioning mm-hmm. uh, that she's going to be like that de- dehumanizing to him. And just meanwhile, every female character is going, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, regardless, it, it works pretty, pretty well. Meanwhile, uh, he finds out. Uh, kind of by accident, a somewhat contrived way, like a kid gives him like a tip oh, right, for being right. like a good loot player. And it turns out the kid is using Philistine silver. And he's just like, where'd you get this? Oh, my dad is a big pile of it. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> so he goes to Saul and says, hey, this general of yours, he's got a lot of Philistine silver. Been, there's no other explanation. Looting, yeah. yeah, there's no other explanation except he's in league with the Philistines. So Saul kills the guy and he kills the little kid. And, of course, David is, you know, mm. upset, angry. And Saul's just like, yeah, but here's the deal. 
Uh, he's like a leader of his people. If I leave the kid alive, that kid's just going to grow up and go to war with me. It's mm. a shitty situation. I don't like having to make that decision either, but you would do the same in my place. And Dave was just like, well, I'm glad I'll never be in your place. Two scenes later, you will be the next <laughs> king of Israel. Oh, fuck. Um, uh, although it's based on, on stories from the Bible, mm-hmm. And uh, it tries to set up sort of a a moral center. Uh, It, like many recent shows, is just sort of goes goes out of its way to show how far people will go to be rotten. Um, I think there's a lot of that in the Old Testament. There's a lot of that in the Old Testament, and yeah, like it it is based on the Bible. But Mm -hmm. uh, given the speed at which people sell out and do horrible (laughs) things in this show. Uh, it, it feels more like, uh, you know, modern TV contrivances, mm. uh, and it just sort of falls in line with just this sort of recent trend in all of television mm-hmm. to show all of our heroes at sort of moral impasses. They're not in a place where they can be virtuous or even make decisions. They just well, have to do evil things David isn't, because it's da- kind of in their in their wheelhouse. David isn't unvirtuous, at least not yet. I mean, but he's a little he's tell, a little eager tell, to sell out. But tell like, that's me, not so bad. tell me that he's not going to do. He's not going to be corrupted well, really soon. Well, I I can't because we only had two episodes. Well, I know, but <laughs> had the if had we seen all nine, I bet he would have done some sort of corruptible offense. No, you're like, probably right. I'm not going to lie, but I didn't see a hit. So for yeah. all we know, maybe. Maybe they were going to skirt that a bit. Mm. I, I think by having Which, that conversation with Saul, though, mm. what would you do in my place? I think they are indeed foreshadowing at some point he's going to have to make difficult decisions, mm. too, as indeed anyone in a position of power will have. You yeah. just even look at any president, even the best president. You can find decisions that they've made that were shit. That they're not, not, and, not proud of. And, and honestly, difficult and, and, yeah, and it's two, just sort two of like, bad choices. Yeah. Which which bad choice do you choose? Which one can you live mm. with? Which one can history live with? Um that's tough, and mm. I think that's a fair game for drama, but you're right. There is this certain pervasive scuzziness, not just to the look of it, but to the tone. Mm. And I can see why – I can see a couple of reasons why this didn't take off. First off, that's really scuzzy, and I'm not sure everybody who's watching ABC was really in the mood for it. <laughs> but also, when you're making a biblical series in this environment, you know, yeah, again, there's a rich history – of debaucherous biblical storytelling. Biblical storytelling is an excuse to mm. show violence and sexuality and kind of get away with it uh, because there's serious. context. Right. And because it's like, well, but look where we, how far we've come. It's like uh, R- Roger Ebert said an interesting mm. thing about the passion of the Christ. He said, mm. uh, if, if it was anybody other than Jesus up on that cross, the film would be rated NC-17. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that's a good point. There mm. you go. And yet, at the same time, today, the demographic for this, the staunch demographic mm. for this, because there are two kinds of people when it comes to, like, oh, we're telling a biblical story. Mm. People will go, ooh. Uh-huh. And there are people who go, oh, I don't want to watch that. And the people who go, uh, I don't want to watch that, they're not going to watch that. Mm. And the people who go, ooh, are going to watch one episode of this and go, that's scuzzier than I thought it would be. I don't know if I want to watch this with my kids, which is the demographic you're going for. Uh, well, and so I, I can well, appreciate I don't, I don't that maybe its that. audience think, wasn't big. I don't, I, don't th- I don't think it's necessarily a problem with splitting the audience. I think it's, it was – Going for something it couldn't, it wasn't allowed to do, uh, mm. because it was imitating Game of Thrones so strongly. It was trying to do the sex and the violence, but it's being broadcast on ABC, yeah. uh, which is a network show, and it's beholden to a lot of, for lack of a better word, censorship rules, mm-hmm. uh, or just sort of standards and practices. 
where they want to tell a certain kind of story, but they're not allowed to. Mm. They want to do something really extreme with dark moral ground. They want to rush through all of these really hideous, uh, bad decisions and violence and sex, but they're not telling it in a venue where they're allowed to do any of that. So we're getting kind of like a toothless version of Game of Thrones. It's got some teeth on it. It's got some teeth on it. Uh, I, I mean, not it, as much as Game of Thrones, no, but, but it's got some teeth it's on it. It's got some, and for for it's pretty daring for a network show, but you can tell that they really wanted to push it further. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, the show was supposed to premiere in 2015, and then it got pushed back a bit. I don't know how it got rejiggered. Maybe it got re-edited a bit. Maybe they shot some new footage to make it seem mm-hmm. a little bit more outlandish, to make it a little bit more exciting. I don't know. That's pure speculation, but something happened. Uh, And it aired for two episodes, and then they pulled it, which is, at first glance, you'd think that's really unusual. They obviously spent a lot of time and money on this series. You'd think they'd want to get it out there. But what probably happened mm. is that, you know, it's all about marketing. It's all about what sells commercials. And if the show is so expensive... That you and you can't make the commercial money back. It's probably worth it to make the commercial money back showing anything else. Yeah, yeah like we can sure. make more money showing well, commercials on a rerun of something, on a rerun of a reality show. Why spend the money on of Kings and Profits? I got to talk to Michael Ely uh, at one point. Oh, and, uh, he's a fun uh, actor. I he's, like he's, him. he's a really great actor, yeah. world's handsomest man. And uh, <laughs> uh, I talked to him about a show he was on, which we're probably going to do on Cancel Too Soon, called Almost Human. Oh yeah, we uh, need to track that one down. I mean, uh, it's not that hard to find, but we got to we got to do that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that one was. Uh, it was a, a cop show was set in the future. They built all these expensive sets. There were a lot of special effects. It was a big yeah. sci-fi thing. And uh, they had to cancel it because it was too expensive. Yeah. And uh, he explained to me that the only way a show with a really big budget, something like Boardwalk Empire, Game of Thrones, or, or Black Sails can really continue, is if it has Game of Thrones numbers. It yeah. has to do so unbelievably well just to justify its existence that if, if it does... Even if it does well, if it does slightly worse than the best, they're going to can it immediately. Yeah. So this one, th- it, it, that's what, honestly, I don't know why it's white. That's worth what the happened risk. to Rome. Rome was yeah. had huge audiences mm-hmm. and it was hugely acclaimed. Was a damn and it was, good show. And and it had to be canceled because it was just too expensive because yeah. it wasn't at the top of the ratings game. Yeah. So it's the high risk thing. They were mm. they they were putting this huge thing into production, mm. and unless it was going to get top ratings right out of the gate, mm-hmm. they couldn't continue with it didn't get top ratings right out of the gate but what's odd is that it's finished Mm. and it came out in march like if if i were abc i would at least put it out on like amazon streaming so you get a little money off of it put it out on like dvd and like a big box set for christmas air it like sell the rights to like the history channel and just show Mm. it there as a mini series something it's so weird that it's that it's not more available at all like you at least listen we made the episodes they're done uh, they aired it's not like we never finished the cgi they they're done mm. make some money off of it put Mm. them out I, I can see why they didn't though. They had such mm. a stinker on their hands. Why continue to bank on something that failed? Like, it's it not wasn't a bomb. It's not terrible. It, it didn't do well. It didn't do well. It didn't do well. It didn't. Not not only was it not at the top of the heap, it wasn't even the middle. It did didn't do very well. No, it didn't People do didn't well. watch this thing no, because it's such a weird idea that's mm. trying to sell this sort of biblical concept on ABC, but it's Game of Thrones. All these things don't mix, and uh, it was also critically panned. I, I read some of the reviews, and it was it was like I read some of the reviews. Too, they weren't like they weren't saying it was it was horrible. It was just sort of not that great. I don't know, did you read a lot of like really horrible ones? Like they were just like really mean. I, I read one that was just really dark and cynical, and one yeah that was actually just yeah this isn't a very good show. And yeah, 
God knows we've reviewed worse on Cancel Too Soon. When when you have just this sort of disappointing, completely expensive mediocrity, that's what Mm. we call an honest-to-goodness bomb. This is like Heaven's Mm. Gate territory. Say what you will about the movie Heaven's Gate, nobody talks about it in glowing terms because it was such a big bomb. That's when we're starting to get some critical reevaluation, actually. I think think the tide is turning. 30 years later. but that's what matters. Maybe something like of of Kings and Prophets will be reevaluated. Somehow I doubt it. Probably Uh, not. Because Because there aren't a lot of shows like ours that are even going to bother looking at it. Because it bombed so hard, people are trying to distance themselves from it. They don't want it out in the public. Because they don't feel like they're going to make money. And even if they do make Mm -hmm. money, they're going to gain too much infamy Mm -hmm. to work on stuff again. So they're going to bury this thing. That's too bad because I'm going to call it right now. I'm just Mm going to say my take on this. Because, you know, what was going to happen next? Read the Bible. You'll find out. (laughs) Uh, I think the show was canceled too soon. I do. Oh, okay. like, it's not amazing. It's it's certainly mm. not like, it, but for ABC Game of Thrones, it's not half bad. And certainly yeah. they finished it. Oh. Like, it's weird for me mm. that they didn't like at least marathon it over a weekend, try to turn it into an event. I like, kind of, it, I kind of just want to see how the, they were going to continue the story because they were moving along at such an impressive clip. I'm curious mm. how far they were going to get. Yeah. And uh, I do admire this sort of, you don't get a lot of uh, uh, Bible stories told with sort of a modern eye, and that was at mm. least an original approach. And I, I wish it had been done with a little bit more patience. Mm. Uh, I understand TV shows have to move it a really fast clip. It would have mm. been nice to see it move a little bit slowly, more slowly, I think. It was funny because um, I was thinking maybe the way you save this is maybe this would have been better as like a two or three night miniseries. We don't really have those anymore. They used those used to be a big deal in like the nineties in particular. Yeah. These ex- we talked about it before on the show, these expensive Gulliver's travel sort of <laughs> miniseries. But nowadays the money you can throw at those sort of thing, you turn into a big event. Mm. You can probably make something really, really cool. Instead they're doing all these, we're going to do hairspray live. And I'm like, that's okay. Well, it yeah, seems like it's their heart's in the right place. That's fine. That's not that bad. I'm not complaining. Yeah. It just feels like you so, know that's one thing you can the, do. The Gulliver's tra- you can do. The Gulliver's Travels era also had like you know Bye Bye Birdie and you know other oh, other th- that, things like that. You remember that, was, that? That wasn't live though. It wasn't live, but no. they were still doing with musicals. A, was it with uh, Jason Alexander? Jason Alexander and like and Vanessa Williams. Yeah, it was Vanessa Williams. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Not bad. No, I remember seeing that. It was cute. Jason Alexander's good. That's for sure. It's, it's a like fun Jason musical. Alexander. Tyne Daly plays the mother. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's right. really great. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that as a special. <laughs> the Bye Bye Birdie TV. That'd be though. kind of fun. Um, so uh, you didn't announce your verdict. Cancel too uh, soon? Uh, it's tough to say because there were a, there's a lot I admire, but I can see that it wasn't working. Mm. Uh, so I think more of it wouldn't really fix it. Mm. Uh, I think this needed to go through like one more round of development before they started it up again. Mm. So I think it wasn't canceled too soon. No, that's too bad. All right. Well, it's a split vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, everybody, thank you for listening to Cancel Too Soon. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CancelCast. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cancel too soon. I'm at William Bibiani on Twitter. I'm at Whitney Seibold. You can email us as well. Uh, we have one email account for both of our podcasts, bmoviespodcast, all one word, at gmail.com, bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send in suggestions for cancel too soon. We take all your suggestions. We don't read them on the air because literally we have hundreds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, but we will, if you want to respond to our review of Kings and Prophets or reviews of other shows that we've done in the past. Uh, you want to uh, bring up any other points of conversation you think are interesting, or if you want to talk about a, a program that we have announced that we're going to be doing in the future, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. And you want to have that letter read on the air at the time, you can do that too. Um, and you can do that uh, for next week because next week, 
Uh, our show is going to be uh, our fan choice episode. The winner of our sweepstakes from November has asked that we review the AMC series Rubicon. So that's what we're going to do. Do we have any like letters we need to get through choice. this week? Um, uh, let, let we have me, a little. Let, it's a somewhat short episode because it's a somewhat short series. So. Uh, I mean, it was only two episodes. To, yeah, there was only so much about. to talk about. Yeah, um, most of these are actually for um, B movies podcast. Yeah, B movies podcast. Okay. Uh, we did have a, a few questions as to where the divide was between. Between Battlestar Galactica and Galactica 1980. Yeah, we asked the question on our last episode mm. because there's been some debate about whether we can review the original series of Battlestar Galactica, which lasted only one season, mm. but which, after fan demand, was brought back as Galactica 1980. Mm. And there's some debate over whether that is officially a spinoff or whether that's a continuation of Battlestar Galactica in a more direct way. And if it's a direct continuation, then we don't feel comfortable doing it. If it's a spinoff, they're both fair game. Yeah. So what, uh, what so, do you say? Uh, Topher White, one of our uh, listeners, wrote in and said, I was a huge fan of Battlestar Galactica old and new. I even saved up box tops Ooh. to get my own Viper cockpit playset, which was way out of stock by the time I oh, ordered that's cool. mine. That's yeah. really cool. I hope you still have that. Um, Oh, he said it was out of stock, so I guess... Oh, it's gone? Oh, uh, Galactica sucks. 1980 was definitely a spin-off. Okay. New premise, new characters, new plot mechanics, etc. So it's fair game. Uh, by the way, in the final episode, The Return of Starbuck, was one of the most emotional moments on television for me growing up. Ooh. I still remember it vividly. Okay. Uh, says Topher. All right. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's one vote. If anyone mm-hmm. else has any particular passionate uh, uh, votes on the matter, mm-hmm. we will listen to you. Um, and if we decide that it's fair game, we'll get to it sometime next year. Yeah. Um, and next year we've got some really cool stuff coming. <laughs> we found some really fun, weird, awesome stuff, and we're gonna do some of the more famous ones we've been asked to do. Not all. We want to like spread those out a bit, but uh, we've tracked down some weird stuff. <laughs> oh yes, we have. <laughs> oh my god, there's one coming up in January. I am so excited for one of the shows we're doing in January. I, sh- I found the trailer for this show. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. I'm going to keep you in the dark. I found the trailer for this like action adventure show from the 1990s that I had to wa- I had to watch the trailer for it like three times to even convince myself it was a real thing. And then I showed you and your reaction was just priceless. This is the best thing ever. This is the I best thing like we've it. ever... This is We found the show that mm. is the reason Cancel Too Soon exists. Yeah, but th- this is the kind of crap yeah. we, we... You would we, never we, have yeah. heard of this show. You might have a vague memory of it, I suppose, but mm. like you, uh, most people would never have heard of this show if we weren't here mm. to bring it back to life. Oh my god, I can't wait for January. But first we're going to do Rubicon, uh, and that's a show I'm super excited about because uh, it was a big deal coming out from AMC. Uh, big sort of spy thriller deal. I don't actually know that much about it other than it looked cool. Only lasted one season. That'll be our first review of January. So everybody, thank you for listening to Cancelled Too Soon. Uh, we'll be back with more throughout 2017. We like Huzzah. We like having you. Thank you. We love... Do return. Do return. And uh, that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.